Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Emily is unable to be with us for today's podcast episode because she is flying to another location around the country, redefining fashion. She sends her love and will be back soon. However, I know you're going to be totally intrigued with today's guest. I first heard about Christy Ferguson from an episode of St. Louis on the Air as she was talking about the Mensi Project at Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. Christy is an instructor of English language and literature at SIUE. She's part of the Women's Studies faculty and is the project coordinator of the Men's C Project. Welcome, Christy, to Clearly Speaking, the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're able to make some time today. So I know I just kind of briefly, you know, did a quick sum- summation of uh, the things that you are known for at SIUE, but uh, could you just give our listeners, if they have filled like any holes that you need to put in there, that would be awesome. If there's any Sure, there. yeah. Um, so I have been uh, at SIUE one form or another since 2007. And uh, I actually got both my undergrad and my grad degrees there. So it's really like a second home for me. I raised my daughter there. Uh, I really love it at that university. Um, and so when I started teaching there, it was almost like a dream come true because I was really excited uh, to be able to teach there. Uh, and then in uh, 2017, uh, I had a, a cancer scare, which is what mm. led to the Menzi project. So okay. um the the project itself uh, began in the spring of 2018. Okay, so, so you know I did not tell our listeners what the oh, project sorry. is. That's on that's on me too. So we should probably like say what what that is all about, and then okay. the cancer scare X X Y Z will probably. Make I went it. backwards. No, that's all right. That's totally fine. So yeah, so if you would just let our listeners know like what the Vency project is. Yeah, absolutely. About. So. Um, the Menzi Project is a menstrual product sharing program, um, and uh, the goal is to, one, make menstrual products available in every bathroom on campus at SIUE, um, and to make them available for any student, faculty, staff, or visitor for free at any point. That's so. Nice. When I, the project itself, basically, it's just a handmade uh, fabric bag that I, I make them myself. Uh, it hangs on a command hook in the bathroom with a little sign and I fill them. Um, it started as me filling them and then it became uh, student groups filling them with donations that they brought in. And then it became, uh, now it's the university has to fill them uh, because the state of Illinois passed a law that requires them to have these products for free available um, in every bathroom. But the project itself it really just started uh, very simply with something I was going through. And right, right. So, so you, you actually provide, you, you hand make these great little bags that hang and, and inside those bags are tampons or pads or anything that you might need uh, for your menstrual cycle and period. And you don't, you don't charge a quarter for it. It's not, it, you're not asking for donations to be left or anything like that. It's just totally free for whoever. 
So the project, uh, yes. Yeah, so we co collect donations from anybody who's willing to offer them and then of, of products. We've never accepted money. We just get products from people. And then the uh, student groups also do donation drives. And then they bring to me all the stuff that they brought in. And then they take what I have stored up and they take it to the bags and refill the bags. Um, we've never, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. I'm just, um, one of the things I just think about is like how, you know, I don't menstruate anymore. Uh, I, do I. That, that was taken care of surgically about uh, tw uh, 10 years ago. And, uh, but prior to that, I mean, if you didn't have the pad with you or the tampon with you, you would have to hope and pray that there would be a machine. And, and I, and I know that we all have, have said this phrase and we all know what this phrase means when you're in a restroom or, and you hear somebody say, a woman say, you have got to be kidding me. Yep. <laughs> you know, that right there. She has started her period or they have started their period and they don't have the product, mm -hmm. you know, yep. caught them off guard. And so what a lifesaver. What a little I mean, anxiety that they no one has to go through anymore. I literally the next day when I because I, I started in just one building because I just had some leftover after my surgery. Okay, you're um, and I was yeah. So I yeah I had full hysterectomy um, because of a cancer scare, and I had all of these products because I had PCOS. Mm -hmm. So. I absolutely never knew when I was going to start. I never knew how bad it would be. Um, there was not really usually any kind of warning. So mm -hmm. I had an entire drawer in my office with, you know, a, an outfit and, and all the products and all the, everything that you needed. Um, so then I was like, what am I going to do with these? You know, I don't need them anymore. Um, I was like, I could donate them somewhere or whatever, but there wasn't that much, right? So I was like, mm -hmm. I'll just put them in the bathrooms. Okay. So I put them in some Ziploc bags and hung them on the wall with tape with a little sign. Um, and I just did it in my building. And uh, there's, that was like four bathrooms at the time. And before the end of the day, I had had an email from a colleague that was super excited about it. And I was like, she's like, look at what somebody did in the bathrooms. I said, yeah, that was me. <laughs> And she's like, this is so awesome. Are you going to do it everywhere? And I'm like, uh, sure, why not? And it really just exploded it, from there. It was total grassroots, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And now I, the state of Illinois requires it in all the universities. Mm -hmm. uh, did like, do they, do you think they got inspired by your project? So I, I have been told that there was some inspiration there from my um, project, but also from others, because um, there are other projects similar to this at other universities, I believe. Um, I've had others tell me, you know, oh, we started something like that on our campus, or we want to do this on our campus, you know, how do we get started? Uh, so, I mean, it was already, it was already something that people were doing, uh -huh. um, and when that law shifted, he actually signed the law at our university. Nice. Um, were you, were you I wasn't aware of it until after the fact, though. So that made me very sad. Like, yeah. I think I got an email like 15 minutes before he was supposed to be on campus and doing it. So, um, but I've been told that my project was a part of that inspiration, but I don't have anything that necessarily back right. that up. Right. Well, um, I mean, 
it's it's expensive to menstruate gosh it's very so expensive expensive doesn't like it almost doesn't even cover that you know what i mean so i worked with um i worked with another nonprofit in st louis at one point running a thrift store that also had a um, pantry in it and that pantry had clothing hygiene products of all kinds and were one of the working, things that were you working with unhoused people Yes, anybody who needed it. Yes. Well, anybody, anybody that needed them. But I had many, many people um, who were unhoused that would uh, come in to see me because there was a shelter down the street. um, And it was not it was a very uh, it was a a neighborhood that seemed to have been struggling. I think that's why they put the thrift store there. Um, And so we had, you know, use gently used clothing and shoes and toys and stuff for uh, really very low prices. And then we also had that pantry where you could come in and get anything you needed for free. You could even get clothes, shoes, whatever. If we have it and you needed it, um, you could get it from there. And every single day I would have someone come in once they, once they realized we were there every single day, I would have someone come in asking for those products um, and, and a place to use them. Like they could come in and use our bathroom. um, And it was always fully stocked with what they needed because they, it was the one thing that really they couldn't find as easily. Um, People don't think to donate these things to shelters the way that they should. They don't think about, especially if they don't menstruate or have never menstruated. Right. Um, So it's, and it's a very expensive item. So it's really difficult for them to, uh, to get a hold of those things, often using things like, um, you know, fast food napkins, paper towels that they find in a, you know, a a bathroom. I mean, think about those times we were all caught with our, you know, our proverbial pants down mm-hmm. or tampon less because we started and you know i've i've had to make do with and wrap your wrap under- my underwear with the with the toilet paper mm-hmm. right and you know, i put that a uh, you know hoodie wrapped you know tied around my waist um you know and thankfully some sometimes that happened when i was a, a younger person and uh you know my periods wouldn't be so heavy but boy when i got older and you know after a few babies and i just I'm sure our listeners are just so excited to hear about Michelle's old menstruation. But, they, but you know what? They need to hear about it. And that's, that's another aspect of the project that I really um, love. It really just opened up this conversation about menstruation on campus. And we've been taught so much that it's a taboo subject, that it's private, that it's gross, that we shouldn't be um, discussing it with each other or whatever. But yeah. the reality is, is that, you know, a half of our, uh, uh, half of our, world menstruates right so if we don't talk about it that makes it more difficult to deal with it in a safe and clean manner Um, and it also forces us to well it forces us to feel things like shame about the things that our body does without it you know without any um without any repercussion right it's constant you know oh I don't want to I don't want to talk about that right right Um, yeah yeah you know, one of each other, that kind of, I mean, all of those things. Yeah. I remember, um, one time I was prehysterectomy and I had been, I, I had just terrible periods towards the end where I could be doubled over in cramping pain. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was given birth. I would, you know, just lots and lots of blood. And, and I knew that there was no way I could live like that 
till menopause hits, you know, at that point in time, you know, maybe a minimum of 10 years away. And I knew I couldn't. And one time I was, uh, I was on my period for the entire month of March. And um, I was like, this is, this is, un, this is unlivable. And I'm a housed person. And I'm thinking this is unlivable. I can't imagine if right. some, you know, a person who's unhoused and, um, but I remember I go into jury duty. <laughs> I was called for jury duty and I get called for voir dire and I'm sitting there and it, and, and, and you know, that telltale feely. Mm-hmm. And I had on some denim jeans and I just went, Oh my fucking God. You know, I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I knew I, and I didn't have anything with me and I, but I lied to the judge to get out of jury duty. I made up some kind of like story with my child being sick at school. And I had to leave because there was, because I was too embarrassed to say, I'm sorry. I just, I'm bleeding through my pants and I need to go home because I, would they have let me? I don't know. Right. And, or would they, how would they have treated you? Right. Right. Um, you know, the whispers and the, you know, I mean, even just the other like jurors, right. And we all have those stories. Like we all have those stories. Right. <laughs> and so I, I actually, I feel you like all of those things that you explained, <laughs> my PCOS was out of control. I had been trying for easily 15 years, if not 20 to get them to agree to give me a hysterectomy. Even after I had my daughter and I said, okay, that's it. I'm not having any more kids. I'm, I am in a happy, loving lesbian relationship. We're going to get married when we are allowed to. And we, and uh, you know, like I, I said, I need, this is not livable. Like you said, it's so it's painful. It is uh, sporadic and sometimes it goes on forever and sometimes it doesn't show up for months Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to handle that. Um, and I kept getting told, no, I was told things. I was at first, I was told things by male doctors, things like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, what if your husband decides later that he wants to have another kid and, you know, those kinds of things. I I had those conversations so many times. Um, I had one doctor tell me that they couldn't give me a hysterectomy because it would make that part of my body less stable. And I would be more prone to breaking things like my pelvic bone, I guess. Um, Anyway, I mean, even even female gynecologists, I mean, I saw so many gynecologists in my life, but the, I finally got um, approval because I had endometriosis and they were afraid that it was going to become cancer. That's and the only reason. That's otherwise, it. otherwise you'd still be here today with your periods. Yep. Yep. And that doesn't, you know, that's, that's probably an episode, another episode, but just that's mm-hmm. offensive, you know, it, like, is. it people, was awful. people can go in and get their boobs done. And, you know, get, get uh, their faces done. Why, if you don't want your uterus anymore, why should you have to keep it? Right. And I mean, any man can walk into a doctor and get snipped. No problem to get a vasectomy. Any man can go and get a vasectomy. It's unlikely that they're going to tell him no. Right. Well, you know, your wife who's still carrying around her uterus or their uterus is someday might want to have a baby. So you need to go ahead and keep that vast deference intact. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So the whole, that all of those things, you know, actuality, were, no actuality, it should be like, 
you guys need to be snipped until you're ready to become fathers. And then we'll reattach that every day. Sense? That would make and sense. And then you can have babies. Then you can make babies. Yeah. When yeah. you get to be a certain age. But anyway, I digress. I digress. But women uh, are menstruating people. Mm-hmm. I know that. I'm get, getting better. Menstruating people who are miserable should have the option without any bullshit. Mm-hmm. Have the hysterectomy, you know, to be done with it because it is difficult to survive when you, when you have PCOS or, Mm -hmm. you know, really heavy bleeding or you're cramping and you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't get out of bed because you hurt so much and everything. And when you have that much pain, I know listeners, you, you understand this. When you have that much pain in your abdomen, everything is affected. You know, it just, you can't, you're, you just, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that I was a little bit like, um, a little bit nervous before I had hysterectomy. Like, well, what if I, will I, you know, miss it? Will I, will my orgasms be different without the uterus and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and then I had the hysterectomy and you recovered from it and orgasms for me were the same. Mm -hmm. And then what was so beautiful was the fact was like, I no longer have to try to plan my life around my period. Nope. I can travel. I can go anywhere. I can go to parties. I can swim. I can do all of these things and never have to worry that I'm going to bleed. Mm-hmm. Unlike, uh, uh, like out of the blue kind of stuff. And why should we have to worry about that so much anyway? Well, because those products are not easily available. They're not. Right. So even the machines that exist still today, how many of you, I mean, do you, does anybody really carry change around with them anymore? Um, like, and do they, and then, then you get it and it's that junky cardboard applicator that doesn't like, it's yeah. just, it's and such an it, afterthought for so much. And, and you know, not every, not in every menstruating person uses or wants to use a tampon or a pad, mm-hmm. you know, there's the cups, the diva cups mm-hmm. and other things that are, that are their choices to use. And the only thing, I mean, I don't know if you put diva cups, cause I don't know how you would do that in a, in we a- don't, I've actually talked to companies about that. Uh, yeah. I, I reached out to diva cup, the moon cup. I think there were a couple others too. And this was a few years ago and it was, and then uh, I also had, I had reached out when I was running the thrift store as well. So that was 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and cause I thought, well, you know, what if we had them available for unhoused people? Um, and they yeah. said that they didn't recommend it because that means that they don't have anywhere to, to clean, clean it up. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the same, like I, I haven't, um, I'm not saying that I won't have them available because I'm actually working on an expansion of the project. Okay. Um, but as of right now, we put pads, tampons, liners, and wipes in the bags. Nice. So. Nice. Have you heard from any of your students, your menstruating students, on how it has changed their lives? I have. I actually have heard from, uh, I've heard from people from the community that just visit campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard from students, uh, left and right, faculty members. Um, I mean, even, even the facilities management, the janitorial staff, they all like, they will, they've reached out and told me that how excited they are about. And I, it's, it's amazing to me that something that's just seems so simple made such an impact on our campus. Uh, It really, you know, it opened up 
this dialogue that then eventually led to us being able to have them in all the bathrooms, not just, you know, women's and non-gender specific. Um, so, I mean, that, that plus the, the law that went into place, like we really, um, I feel like last year we really shook things up when we made those, put those things in there and in a really good way. We had some backlash, but we, we stood strong and made our and just made it very clear that these are products that are needed by everyone and uh it it's not really about you know gender it's not really about you know men's room versus women's room it's about you're in a restroom um and you don't know what the person next to you's body is doing you don't know do you, yeah. you do, I mean, you may think you know, but you don't. So why is it so offensive to you that there's a bag in that bathroom with tampons just in case someone needs them or pads or whatever? So uh, I'm just, I'm really grateful that we were able to make that happen. And the little bit of backlash that we have had, we've, yeah. you know, faced it head on. And from what I understand, it's things that have been going pretty well. Yeah. I was uh, touched when I visited my son's uh, college up in Iowa. He goes to Coe College in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And this was after we had had our first conversation. Uh, but when I walked into the, uh, the women's room, um, there was a basket full of, you know, products, tampons, pads, things like that. And I remember just thinking about how how kind I just, I see it as an act of kindness because, because it's just like saying to somebody, I see you, you might need this and this, and I'm just, it's like a, I don't know. It's, to me, it's just like an act of kindness because, because it is expensive. And, and I, and I have such hope. Um, uh, I have such hope for, for how our society can change because we're doing things like putting uh, menstrual products inside the bathrooms and having mm -hmm. starting this conversation or having this conversation. And as opposed to when I was in college, it used or early married days, it was always like a sign of how, how cool was your boyfriend or husband if he would go to the store and buy your pads <laughs> for you or get your tampons. And then it was like an active, active, pride on their part. Yeah. I, yep. I'm, I'm man enough. I don't mind going to get those pads. Yet nobody gave me a high five when I went out and bought condoms when I was young. You know what I mean? Like nobody was like, Hey, way to go. You're such a great girlfriend. Like way to go. Um, and that, you know, those acts of kindness, like for me, those little acts of kindness are what actually push things to change in a smaller area. Right. So, you know, when I started this, like, and the, the signage that we have up now today still says, you know, take what you need free of charge or leave a few to help others, right? So it's about those small acts of kindness. You have a couple extra in your purse, just put them in the bag. You never know when you're going to need one, right? Um, yeah. You don't have to bring a whole box and like pass them out all over the place, just the bathroom that you frequent, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, opening up a discussion about period poverty and reminding people that you know, humans menstruate, not gender, right? And those small things, you know, those small discussions, that small act of putting a couple tampons in the bag, you have no idea how much of an impact you could have had on one person by putting that tampon in. Right, 
I mean, would I have stayed at jury duty if I had had access to, you know, some product Mm -hmm. possibly, you know, if it was not a, if it was not a kill me over cramp day. But um, when you said, I want to clarify a little bit for our Mm -hmm. listeners, when you use the term period poverty, could you expound on that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So period poverty is um, a lack of basic menstruation supplies, right? So, or excuse me, a lack of uh, hygiene facilities, a bathroom, somewhere to go, or even education about how periods work. Okay. So this period poverty is something that is not, not necessarily always about money. It's also about access. It's about discussion. Um, and it's about education. So for instance, period poverty is a pretty serious issue for the LGBT community because one, we have a much higher rate of, of young people ending up uh, unhoused because of their sexuality or their, um, their gender uh, representation. And so because of that, then this becomes something that's difficult for them to, uh, to get, right, to get uh-huh. tampons or pads. Because even if you walk into a food pantry or a shelter, that does not mean that they're going to have them yeah. um, <clears throat> because they're expensive. and then. Uh, you know, hygiene facilities. So just having access to a bathroom, um, you know, this could be something where we're dealing with um, maybe some more rural areas or even uh, in other countries, or it's something that we have to recognize that not everybody has access to running water, a toilet, a sink, you know, paper towels, toilet paper on a regular basis. So then why would they also have access to these things? Um, And education, period education in, in our country is really, it's pathetic to be quite honest. This is part of the growth of our program. I really hope that we can figure out a way to uh, transition our kids, our my students uh, that are interested in the group, to be able to go in and talk to you know middle schools and high schools in the area about their periods, about periods, um, because you know that yeah okay they have their health class, but they still separate them by gender. Mm-hmm. Um, they still uh, you know say oh you don't tell them about this and you don't tell them about that, um, which only makes that even harder like how you know if we don't if we don't start including um everyone in the discussion of what our bodies do then um you know they're never going to be able to be just comfortable with the fact that it happens or to be an empathetic an empathetic human being or a compassionate right. human being to somebody right. else right um, i remember uh I, one of the <laughs> one of the things that I find is pretty common among menstruating people is we sit around talking about the, remember the first time you got your period, <laughs> like, like the, the traumatic experience that you had. <laughs> right. And yeah. I mean, we, we all have oh, a story. We all have our story. And uh, mine, I was down at my grandparents in uh, Florida and uh, I had my mom had sent, I was spending the summer with my grandparents. My mom had already packed me a bag full of, you know, pads or something, you know, cause she, she had anticipated that it was going to be, I was going to become a woman soon, which was making me cringe as a, as a sixth grader, you know, summer before sixth grade, I don't want to be a woman. You know, so, so I, I started and I, of course, I went through all of the products, probably, I probably 
overchanged, you know, because you're not, oh, you know, yeah. don't know what you're supposed to do. But then I ran out and I was still, I was still bleeding. And so I had, I had to ask my grandmother. Then we went to the store and we both stood there looking at the aisle and the, on all the shelves. And she's like, so what do you want? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know what I want. She's, and she goes, I haven't had a, I haven't had a uterus. I had a sectomy like when I was 30 and she's like in her seventies now. Yeah. I don't know what to get. Like, I don't know what to get. A lot of tears, a lot yeah. of you know, embarrassment. And I, I think I bought state, I had her buy stay free because I recognized it from my mom's closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, of course, we get home to my grandmother's house and she calls my mom. And I'm mortified. I just want to just die. I just want to tell you, Michelle had her special visitor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that, that whole she's becoming a woman now, that that is that's part of the miseducation, right? That's part of our this kind of ingrained idea that you know, this is only something that affects women. Right. And, yeah. it, and, and the belief that, that we have to like be, you know, that, that embarrassment, right. That, that feeling that you're like, oh my God, I want to just die. I can't believe this. There's what am I supposed to do now? Everybody's going to know grandma's going to tell everybody. Right. Oh, um, guess what happened to, you know, my granddaughter was visiting and she had her first time period and you're bingo and everybody's like oh yay congratulations oh, stop and you're trying to hide your face no grandma why did you tell everybody it's nothing to be embarrassed about oh, sweetie we're so you're happy for you stop it oh it's so painful right and it was thankfully and we knew, can laugh now they knew that it was painful but like it was just uh, yeah yeah. So I have another friend and even like top my story. She was telling me about her first time at her first period. And uh, she was upstairs in her, her, her upstairs bathroom. Her house was a two story and she got her period and she screamed for her mother. Mom, She's like blood curdling. And her mother stands at the bottom of the stairs and she says, Elizabeth, you know how I feel about yelling in the house. <laughs> she's like, Mom, Elizabeth, we don't yell in the house. And so she finally just screamed, you know, and her mother came upstairs then, you know, and it was just like, <laughs> that's just not the way you behave in my home. You cannot scream at the top of your lungs. But, but when you're a sixth grader and you don't know why you have all this blood that's shown up, and in your pants or in the toilet and you think you're dying i think you're gonna forget the rules of the house and you're gonna great for your mother (laughs) and that i mean and that's part of the lack of education that we have like that's part of it right that even even mothers you know are are often have difficulty talking about it um or or grandmothers or whoever it is that is uh you know handling that situation right so you know, think of like, a you know, maybe a single father who's never dealt with something like that before, because he was never taught, you know, how to like what a period is or how it feels or, you know, what kinds of products that that his daughter may need, you know, it for him, it's like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go get you what, you know, and comes back with an entire cartload of stuff or whatever. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Education, just very simple things so that, 
everyone knows that this is normal. It's not something that you need to be shamed for. Yes, right? and, I, I, and I'll go ahead and, and share this other piece of uh, education that, with our listeners. It wasn't until I was 16 that I realized I did not have to take a tampon out every time I needed to pee. <laughs> I thought, I thought that it plugged it all up and I, and then till one time I ran, I was swimming with some friends and I ran to the bathroom and I didn't quite, I couldn't, and I peed and, and it was like, wow, I don't have to take that tampon out to pee. Mm-hmm. Huh, that makes a, made life a lot easier. I love, you. and like, I love seeing now, like, I don't know if you're at what kind of social media you kind of get on or anything, but for instance, on TikTok, I see videos all the time of women trying just talking to their boyfriends or husbands or fiancés about, um, you know, uh, about their period, right? And there's yeah. this kind of air or attitude, like, whatever, it's not that big of a deal, right? Um, and then they hand them a tampon and ask them how it works. <laughs> and they're, they're like taking out of the package and they're so confused. They have no idea. They have never touched yeah. one out of the package. They've never seen one, right? Yeah. Um, so then she shows them by putting it into a bottle of water so that it okay. see, sees how much it expands. And the faces that these men have, like, like I can't, yeah. like, really? Seriously? That, it, that, that how, how do you do that? How do you handle that? And then there are also these, um, and I really, I kind of want one. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of these machines that like, you put it on your belly uh, and it, it like produces like that cramp, like feeling. Um, And so, so it shows that a person like what menstrual cramps have the ability to feel like, right. And so, you know, um, they, they have like their boyfriend put it on and he's like, whatever I can handle this right and within seconds he's like in tears oh my god stop you know and it's on level three yeah (laughs) Um, yeah so you know I feel like there is a more ongoing education about this stuff with even just as we become more comfortable talking about it we become more comfortable calling people out that don't understand it yeah. And me helping them understand it. Mm-hmm. So, and even if we do it in a way that's, you know, hilarious and, and on social media, um, it still makes that impact, right? That right. it is unlikely that after wearing that, um, that shocker thing uh, that makes you feel like you're having cramps, that he's going to be like, hey, can you help me? Like, you know, throw this tire in the back of the truck and go run and blah, 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 while she's curled up. And then telling her that she's not that she's faking you know, it get over it right you, you, yeah. you take some Tylenol like that kind of thing like you'll see you I, I truly believe that we'll see change even in the way that um men recognize that pain recognize what women are going through um and in order for us to understand more directly you know how our partner feels right? Ask those assumptions and, and uh, recognizing, you know, why would I, why would I lie about being in so much pain? Like, why would I lie about it? Yeah. There's usually like another underlying um, uh, symptom of a relationship at that point in time, but right. I I mean, there's other times when you're in school, you're all like, maybe I'll, hopefully I'll get my period so I can get out of gym class. You know, there were a few things that way, but most of the time, I mean, 
it serves its purpose. It's, you know, it, it's a uterus. It's designed to um, hold other, you know, growing human beings and perpetuate the species. But there is a lot that comes with it. There's a lot that comes with menstruation and, and, and being a menstruating person. And it's more expensive to be a, a menstruating person than it is to be a non-menstruating person. Uh, we pay more at the store for uh, our always with wings. We pay more for a super plus tampon versus a slender sports style. And it's just cotton. And they, and they know that we are a captive audience mm-hmm. and they will charge what they can get away with. And when you are faced with um, you know, bleeding through your clothes and you'll pay whatever you need to pay to get that to, you know, for that, for that pad or that tampon or, you know, and so yeah, to just be able to have those things for free in a restroom mm-hmm. when you're at college or God, wouldn't that be nice if we could get to that point in all office buildings, mm-hmm. think about how, about that, right. Or, or just all of it, the, wherever there's a public restroom, have, have menstruation products available. Um, I mean, I literally carry my, I carry bags and uh, signs and products in my vehicle at all times. And I, I have offered to put up a bag in random bathrooms and uh, other local organizations, especially if they um, cater to, uh, you know, uh, kids or are even especially they cater to like community connection right a community organization um and so for like for example in um in staunton which is i don't know about 40 minutes from here um that's actually where i grew up and my Mm -hmm. best friend put in a an art studio there uh and they do a lot of uh free stuff for kids in the community that kind of thing and i have a bag there in their bathroom and they get people often saying things like Hey, that's a really cool idea, you know. Um, so I really do hope that, if not the Menzi project, other projects that are similar, or even just people that are like, "Hey, I'm going to stick a basket in our bathroom," right? Yeah. Um, you know, recognizing that that is it's a simple way to make people feel more comfortable. Right, and comfortable about themselves and what their body is doing, and any, any of those things. And it just, it's just like we said earlier, it's just like a small act of kindness. And, and I think it's just awesome. This is a result of you finally being able to get your hysterectomy, but like having all this product, what can I do? You're, you're forward thinking your community outward focus and, and the, and the domino effect of it. I mean, it's pretty Mm -hmm. freaking awesome. It, it is. I, I'm very proud of what the, the project's been able to accomplish. And, you know, now that the university supplies the uh, products for the on-campus bathrooms, now those donations that my students work so hard to gather will also go into the community. So I'm specifically, because we faced um, uh, transphobic issues early on by when we put the bags in the men's rooms, you know, we really want to focus on uh, the queer community. So mm-hmm. right now I'm I'm working through research, uh, making connections with uh, organizations in the general area. Most of them seem to be in the St. Louis area um, that uh, 
either house house people or uh, help them with the things that they need. Um, so I'm reaching out to those kinds of organizations that focus specifically on the LGBT community because I think that often, again, often these things are forgotten when um, dealing with a much larger social issue. We forget that they're also very small the things that feel very small to us that could be very, very important to their progress. And access yeah. to these project products is part of that. Yeah. Um, how did uh, how how did the the higher ups, I mean, I know they have to do it now, but did you did you have to fight? Um, I know since most of it was maybe your own money and your own donations and stuff, but did you have any pushback from in, the administrators? I'd have so, to say like, collectively, I mean, you know. Right. It, so the, the biggest issue that we had, well, first, when I was in undergrad, before the Menzi Project was a thing, uh, we suddenly came to campus one, one day and all of the product machines that were in the bathrooms mm-hmm. were removed and replaced with a sign that says something like uh, feminine product dispensers are located on the first floor. Okay? <laughs> um, so they had one, one product dispenser in the women's room on the first floor of each building, but the rest were removed. We never really got a straight answer why that happened. So access on our campus had really gone down. Um, So when I started putting this out, um, the first set of signage that I had, because it said something like, uh, the first set of signage I made said something like, you know, because period emergencies are are emergencies. Um, And, you know, they may not happen in just the first floor restroom. (laughs) Right, right. Um, So that was my first uh, set of signage. And it wasn't long before I started getting messages from facilities management about, you know, hey, uh, you know, most of the um, buildings were fine, but there were certain buildings that a college campus is kind of weird in that they have, you know, certain contracts for, I I don't really know how it works. But there were certain buildings that I wasn't allowed to put anything on the walls. So then I had to come up with, you know, a way for it to be like in a basket or something. So it didn't, wasn't attached to anything. And so that was really the first pushback that we got, but we figured it out pretty quickly. Beyond that, they've been really um, helpful. And when, when it became, you know, uh, necessary uh, legally to put these things in the men's rooms as well, there wasn't really anything anybody could say to stop me at that point. Okay. So they reached out to me Wow! and they found out that was going to happen um, and said, Hey, you've been doing this all, all along anyway. So, you know, look, do you want to just expand and we can work it out from there? And I was like, that's great. So all last um, semester, they really helped. Like I went back and forth with them and we um, worked it out. And I think that we're sticking with the bags for now, but I think that eventually in the men's rooms, we're going to have to get maybe in all of the bathrooms, but in the men's room specifically, um, they make machines now that don't charge anything, but the products are like in a machine. So the machine can't be removed because I've had bags taken, ripped up, thrown in the trash. Oh, um, like some, some anger directed for yes, the product. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, and, um, and sad. That, yeah, it that, it was uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, it was something I expected to happen. You? Um, but honestly, it was handled pretty quickly. Um, I I don't know 
what came of the student, uh, if they found out who it was or, or any of that. Um, they're not really open with that stuff very often, but the, uh, the idea, it's still, it's still, we're still working through the kinks to make sure everything um, is still available. And apparently it's really just the main, like the building where everyone gathers, um, okay. where the, the food and everything is in the-, the Oh, the like the cafeteria kind of place? Yeah. yeah, that's the one that we have the most trouble with baskets being you know, taken or damaged or whatever. So we are in process of coming up with a way for that to not be able to happen. Um, but really that's, that's it. That's the only kind of pushback I ever really got. Um, which, which was wonderful because, you know, you never know what you're going to have to deal with when you shake the tree, you know, when you, if you have this a student or a few students that have such a visceral negative reaction to some tampons, tampons and pads, in the restroom that they've got some, they've got some issues they need to like, and it might be good that it's being identified now it, when they're in their, we will say in their twenties, right? We, I, we don't know who it really is, but let's just, if we're generally in their twenties, that maybe it can be addressed. It can be helped. There can be some therapy with it Then they can expand and then become a really good partner to their part, you know, and a, and a good human being. Right. right? And, then, and the main issue is that this, that that kind of behavior, uh, because it was directed at the men's rooms is transphobic. It is, okay. it is very, it is absolutely going to make, um, you know, our trans students, faculty, staff, and visitors feel threatened. And that is unacceptable. Um, so, I mean, as soon as it happened, we were, um, you know, uh, multiple uh, multiple offices on campus uh, sent out, you know, hey, this is unacceptable. Um, you know, this campus is an inclusive campus. And, and I sent out something that was basically, you know, hey, we will not stand for this. Yeah. You, you can throw the baskets away, but they're going to reappear. Yeah. And we're not going to stop. And the problem is, is that what is happening here is is um, directed at the trans community, whether you want to admit that or not, um, and it's just not acceptable. And that's really why I shifted, uh, as or not shifted. That's really why, as we're making these, um, you know, these this growth in the the project, I really wanted to focus on, um, you know, LGBT organizations first. Yeah, because I want I want the Menzi project to stand for more than just you know, hey, here's some products, Every, you know, I want it to help people to recognize that periods are human. It's something that we do as human beings. And I can tell you from after our first initial conversation and you said, you know, periods are human beings and, and, and you were like, you know, they're menstruating humans. It really made me know that this is not just a women's or girls issue right it is it is a human issue and I appreciate I appreciate just that little shift in my own conversation my own my own perspective and the way I speak of things and I know so I'm just right there you you have you you have impacted me just that one little statement there well I'm Um, glad (laughs) and those little and those little those little acts of kindness like you said make such an name they they make so much more of an impact 
than those much larger ideas sometimes with this, especially at this age, like I'm dealing with mostly people that have just graduated high school, you know, uh, within a few years. Yeah. so that, you know, you're, they're at an age where they're trying to figure out like, what is important to me? What am I passionate about? What do I want to do with my life? Um, and, you know, that's what is really exciting is that when students reach out to me because they um, saw the Menzi project and it made them happy or it helped them or they got excited about it, that means that I've sparked some sort of inspiration in them. Or why don't they just reach out to me? Right. Think about, think about what if what if it's a, a menstruating student and and that person had had a final that they had to take and they had gone to the bathroom and there wasn't any product that you know didn't have it available and they started their period and they were ashamed and embarrassed and they lived they didn't live on campus they were a commuter or they could and so they they didn't go take their final and they failed their class. And then they, they're so embarrassed and humiliated about that. So they don't come back to school. And then, you know, just on and on and on, like it could be this snowball effect or it could be, they arrived on campus. They have a final to take. Oh my God, their period came. They went into the bathroom. There's product. They were able to take care of themselves, make sure that not going to be a problem. They're not going to be worrying about it, thinking about it at all. They could focus in on their final or their exam or whatever it is. And they do well. And then they come back the next semester and then they move and they graduate and they are a happy human being. And it just, I mean, the snowball in a positive way. And that could just be one person. Yep. who you've never seen, but you, but just by this project have made that such a difference in that person's ability to be successful in life. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and it's small, it's a small thing. I think of our, our, our listeners are, you know, are probably inspired. Like I, I would challenge our listeners to go into every, every public restroom that you go into Take a look around. See if there is menstrual products available for mm-hmm. the for the human beings that are using the bathroom, right? Just yep. check. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that you will probably find, and I'm talking globally now because we have global listeners. I bet you 90% of all the restrooms uh, or water closets or public toilets or whatever you want to call them um, don't have menstruating project products. 90%. Mm-hmm. So Probably, that would leave yeah. globally, right? That would mm-hmm. leave 10% would have a vending machine or, or there's bathrooms or something like that, which means there's a lot of work that could be done. Absolutely. A lot of opportunity. Absolutely. And I think that it's become more, more and more common that we're having these discussions. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and that is really, uh, honestly, that, that is really the way that it will that it will spread, that it will snowball ball into, you know, general community yeah. um, action, right? Well, and yeah, I'm starting with college students because that's where I am. That's where I work. And that's where you um, can but, affect the change. That's where you can affect the change right, right. there. Yeah. So then as they get out into the world and they recognize these things, then they can, you know, make that effort for themselves or for their area or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really you know, we, you go into a restroom and you expect there to be toilet paper, soap, water, privacy, right? Paper towels, right? Yeah. So why can't we also expect there to be products, pads and tampons? You know what I mean? Right. 
one of the things that you mentioned the pushback and I just remember that okay. like one of the pushback issues that I had was really more of an argument from general, like general community members more than okay. anything. Um, and that was, you know, well, what if, uh, what if somebody just takes them all? Okay. okay. <laughs> like that they took them for a reason, right? It's not like they're going to go out and like sell them for a nickel a piece or something. Like they took them because they needed them. And that's and, the whole point. And if they go out and they sell it for a nickel, they'll realize that this is real. This is not, I'm not making any money. And everybody's going to know that I'm the person that goes in and takes the free stuff and sells it for a nickel. And, and like, but the, if that person, I mean, that person might come in and say, you know what I can, I know I can get I know I can get, you know, five tampons here and I need five tampons. Mm-hmm. Right. And now that's uh, the, uh, the other. Because I'm not coming back to class for a few days. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm on my period. I need these because I'm not going to be on campus or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why they're there. And yeah. now because my, the donations that my students bring in or other faculty members bring in um, now because they don't have to go in those bathrooms. Um, they will also, I'll also have a cabinet. Um, I haven't figured out exactly the way that it's going to work yet, but there will be full month supplies available for students wow. and faculty that need them because wow. they're, you know, we don't always just need help right. in the moment. Right. Um, and so my goal then is to make, uh, make it, uh, make it available for people to be able to get their monthly supply if they need to with whatever we have. And yeah. then, um, all, but also, you know, a portion being going back out into our community to support that as well. Or for so the that students are seeing that they can help, they can help um, in, a, in a grassroots way, they can help their fellow peers, but they can also help um, so many others. Yeah, yeah, so if, um our time is, is rapidly coming to a close, much like our period, right? All, <laughs> you, can count, you can count on our periods, right? Being clockwork, an hour long, our time of month. Sure. But, um, <laughs> if, if our listeners are so inspired to replicate this project or to reach out to you to get more information, like how can they reach you, you know, or, or learn oh, more sure, about absolutely. So, um The Menzi Project has a Facebook account um, and a TikTok account. And then okay. we also have, um, we also, and then you can also just email me at chrferg at siue.edu. And I'm happy to help any way I can. Um, The bags are super easy to make. And I mean, even the fabric that I got for the bags was donated. The fabric and the ribbon that I used to make the bags was donated by the art, the, by the Mac, the art place that I was talking about in Staunton, Um, the Mac donated all that to us so that we could make these bags. So I didn't uh, have to invest any money in any of this. Nice, nice. And if our listeners are inspired and they are not in the St. Louis region and they're somewhere else, like, what would you say? How, what would you tell them to do if they, what's in, what's within their power as a menstruating human being or even a non-menstruating human being? We have some of those that listen to us as well. Um, what's, what do they have within their control to make this kind of difference what would you say well number one you have a voice right so you can talk about the things that are happening to you or to others you can talk about period poverty you can research that and and 
and understand it better yourself. Um, but you can also start something like this just in your own home or your own college or your own work, right? So if you're a person that has lots of friends over, put a basket out in your bathroom that's tampons, pads for everybody, right? Um, you work at a corporate office that has lots of bathrooms, right? Couple on each floor. So you make little bags or baskets and you put them in there, right? Um, what's the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody, somebody throws it away. Somebody takes them all. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to put a lot of money into things. Usually if you know any artist at all, <laughs> I know other artists that can get you fabric. <laughs> I can help um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's just about hey I want to do this so let's just put in a little bit of effort and uh see what happens and also at the at another level is you could go to the store and buy a bag of tampons a, a box of tampons a bag of pads take it to mm -hmm. a food pantry any yes. place that services unhoused folks I mean, if you mm -hmm. want to make a difference like that, and you're like, ah, I don't want to put something in my bone. I'm not going to be at the office or, but I'm really moved. And I mean, cause this is an issue and, and it would be, it would be great. And I'm sure the pantries and, and shelters and other service organizations oh, yeah. would be grateful for that kind of donation as well. You know, feminine. Anytime I've talked to anybody who volunteers at a food pantry, mm -hmm. they, uh, that's the first thing that they're like, really? Like you have pads and tampons for us? they're very excited because it's something that people just don't think about providing. Right. So anytime you can, if you're feeling inspired and you, you know, you, you have the funds to do so, or you want to inspire your friends to donate a bunch and you all take them and, and provide them to your local shelter or, uh, or pantry or other organizations that specifically help people do it. Yeah. Do it. I mean, yeah. just, you, you would be shocked at how, how a couple of boxes of tampons will turn somebody around and make them realize that people care. Yeah, well, Christy, we are so fortunate that you are in our region, in the St. Louis area, and that you care, and that you care. We are just- Long grateful, thank you. Yeah, yeah you've, you've um, you know, been a, a big inspiration and helped possibly be, you know, the, the ringleader with how the state of Illinois has that new law. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of cool, positive things. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me here at Clearly Speaking. And um, I know and it's, it's exciting, you know, when you start doing these kinds of things and you recognize that you made an impact, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it is, Humbly. It is amazing how excited I get when I get an email from somebody that says, thank you so much. You saved my night. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much. You have saved a lot of people's nights, days, and, um, and we're, I, we're, we're just, we're just very grateful for it. So I will keep in touch and I know yes, I'll put our things in the, in the show notes for our listeners, but, um, you know, this is, this is really great. And, um, I appreciate you taking the time tonight. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. And okay. for our listeners, if you have any questions, you can always reach us at clearly speaking podcast at gmail.com or our Facebook or our Instagram. We don't do TikTok yet, but I guess we're going to have to, but, uh, it's always been a pleasure and we'll be 
back very soon. You guys continue to take care of yourselves and we'll talk soon.